0: I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all.
1: Way back and gone! Touch them all, Joe Maurer!
0: And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. Now, our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Hey guys, welcome to the Touch Them All podcast studios inside... 1500 ESPN we don't actually have our own studios it's just a conference room with uh, very thin walls in which we can hear people yelling in the hallway it'd be
1: super cool if we did yeah. maybe we did maybe at some point i think uh we're, we're building to our own touch mall studio i heard a rumor and tell me if this is wrong or right i don't know maybe you've heard more than i have that if we get to 200 reviews on itunes they're going to build a touch all studio is that fact or crap
0: um you know i don't know if it's fact or crap but you know what if you guys give us five star reviews up to 200 reviews then uh, it's more likely that we will that we will turn that into a fact <laughs> than not okay. so uh it's unfounded you guys, can, you guys can help us maybe get to uh, the pot of gold at the end of the yeah, rainbow here unfounded
1: speculation but i thought i'd throw that out there
0: so uh there's a few things we can dive into on this episode i was kind of hoping that there'd be a little bit more early free agent activity and free agent buzz the only thing on the twins front really um, as far as like rumors that we haven't discussed, we already went over the U Darvish stuff and the, uh, the stuff from last week's episodes, but I saw our friend Doogie from the scoop podcast and from five eyewitness news sports department. He talked to somebody who has been privy. I'm guessing an agent to, uh, to twins, free agency discussions, saying, don't expect the twins to make a big, huge top name splash. In the in the off season here, so Doogie said maybe more activity in the trade market and a secondary arm in free agency. But again, that's just from one source that he talked to. And yeah, things can change day to day and and obviously even hour to hour once we get to the winter meetings.
1: I love Doogie. You know that I think that uh, necessary prerequisite. Anytime he or or anyone else throws out something like that, is that they always love to use one word. Fluid. It is a fluid situation. And that does not mean that every free agent or trade candidate is soaking wet right now. It means <laughs> a- that it could change literally hour to hour. Uh, so I saw it. I get that there are some people who maybe don't think the twins will make a big splash. And, and if that's the case, this is a whole other episode for another time. Because we have to wait and see what happens first. But it would be really interesting to get into the psychology then of – then why talk to reporters and say like, oh, yeah, we're in on Darvish. Yeah, we like Darvish a lot. We'll we'll do our due diligence there and, and maybe go get a front line. Why then? Like, what's the point yeah, of that?
0: I, it's, uh, and, and Classic and I, My guess is like there's probably layers of – there's layers of just misinformation. There's layers of truths that are temporary truths. Sure. Oh, we are interested in player X but then when you talk to the agent for player x the price tag is way too high then you're out so then yeah. like no longer are you interested in player yeah. x at a different moment in time Sure. Uh, and then there are things that are just smoke screens that you know whether it's an agent or or a front office person from an organization they're going to use the Buster Olney's and the uh, you know the the John Morosies and the Darren Doogie Wolfsons they're going to use them to pump agendas so um, I, I was hoping this episode could be chock full of juicy rumors and maybe even an early signing because sure. this is kind of our Thanksgiving week episode of the Touch 'Em All podcast. And Torrey Hunter is a player who signed twice on or before Thanksgiving. Um, this was around the time of year, maybe early December, that Jason Castro signed. But uh, when the hot stove starts to crank up, we will dive more into it. I want to throw some Twins roster moves at you here and get your thoughts on the line of thinking by uh, Derek Valvey and Thad Levine. They made an announcement. Now, they had like seven 40-man roster spots open going mm-hmm. into yesterday. That's right. So some of those you want to keep open in case you're going to sign a free agent. But then you have to worry about protecting players from the Rule 5 draft that are that are eligible this year. So some decisions to make. There's some big names. Like Cole Stewart was one of your top draft picks a few years ago. Uh, Nick Birdie coming off Tommy John surgery is one of your flamethrowers. Neither one of those guys, at least as of early this week, was placed on the 40-man roster. The Twins announced Steven Gonsalves. Not shocking. He's probably their best pitching prospect right now and close to Major League Ready. Uh, they announced Lewis Thorpe. And is it Zach Littell? I believe it's pronounced Littell. Okay. Right-handed pitcher. The
1: Yankees prospect that came
0: over in the Jaime Garcia trade. Yep. Uh, 22 years old. So interesting that they would add those three to the 40 man leaving four open spots mm-hmm. and not putting And Cole Stewart has not been great in the minor leagues the yeah. last several years. He's not, he's not missing bats. He's not living up to what you thought he would be as he reached double a and some of these higher levels of the minor leagues. Yeah. So your thoughts on the roster.
1: Motion? He's a big name in that he was taken with an early draft pick, but he hasn't done anything in the minor leagues that made you say, boy, if we lost that guy, oof, that's a big mistake. So I, I even argue he's not that big of a name anymore. Like you, you are in baseball, especially up the minor league ladder. That's just like this vicious, you know, numbers game working against you. Every year older you get, the harder it becomes to distinguish yourself against your peers. And I would say that if you haven't earned it in three years, then you're not a name anymore. There's other people making names for themselves, and you gotta. It's either up or out as a as a minor league guy. Even if you're a top build. Player, so yeah, I think yesterday was the deadline, which is why they announced those. Which means, I mean, Nick Birdie, as as I'm reading this, is available in the Rule Five draft. I'm sure he'll get taken. I would take a shot on Nick Birdie as a Rule Five guy. Now, does he stick around in the big leagues all year on a roster coming off Tommy John surgery, which was in the middle of last year? Actually, I just talked myself out of that. I wouldn't, because even as a reliever, you don't want to have to carry the extra spot do what the twins did with jr graham a couple years ago carry the spot for a guy who you don't trust in any situation ever and just have a dead roster spot hoping that you can have another one inning reliever again next year i guess the difference is that nick birdie used to be painted as this guy with closer upside and so maybe he still has that but boy, even for a reliever yeah, coming to, back from Tommy John, having
0: never pitched in the major leagues, right? You, yeah. I mean, you'd have to put him right in. It'd have to be a, a team willing to lose a bunch of games. Yep. In 2017. So hey, maybe That's he'll why get it's taken. Strategic by the Twins yeah. to, to think no one's going to put him on their major league roster for six months.
1: Sure. And maybe the counter argument is that well, relievers can get back from TJ quicker than starters can, so you might trust that the recovery is enough. Is he going to be healthy by the end of spring training to put him on the roster? I'd have to check that timeline. I don't remember when he had a surgery off the top of my head, if it was May or June or something like that, I think, just from memory. But anyway, probably strategic there to keep the roster small enough that you could still add free agents or make a trade. Um, Birdie, Cole Stewart, Michael Cedaroth used to be a big name, Jake Reed. Um, that's the one that you've heard bandied about for years and hasn't surfaced. Um, uh, Luin Diaz, right? He was the international guy. He would have been eligible to be put on the 40-man roster and not be lost on the Rule 5. i got to be honest with you, Phil. At this point in the conversation, I'm like pretty bored of this stuff because 40-man roster manipulation and stuff like that is important, and it's getting really granular, and Major League teams spend a lot of time and hours thinking about it. Well, you know, it is. Oh, Let go me ahead. say, though, as a fan or as a follower of baseball generally, I don't care who the 40th best person in an organization is. Very much. I don't care a whole lot. Um, if Michael Tonkin gets released and goes to play somewhere else, there's another Michael Tonkin somewhere. You can find him. Those things, those things. That sounds really mean. Like he's a commodity. Those pitchers. <laughs> yeah, they're people, damn it. Okay. They are. They have, they, they have a life and, and families. And that's important to remember in my line of work. Um, but like as a reliever, Michael Tonkin's very replaceable, I think. That's my personal opinion. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And so when we get down into like 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 40, this doesn't matter to me. I don't keep the whiteboard on my office wall like the Twins do figuring out these 40-man roster moves and figuring out if Tim Melville makes more sense to make a start than Nick Turley. That it—it's Maybe it's fun to talk about in the middle of the season. In the middle of winter – I got to be honest, this conversation that we sort of just had and is important to have makes my eyes gloss over a little bit and I'd rather think about Shohei Otani and Carlos Santana and, and You Darvish sure. and Jake Sure. Well, Arrieta. let me tell
0: you, let's let's do this because I do think the omission of Cole Stewart on the 40-man roster by this new regime, who has no attachment, they this wasn't the front office tandem yeah. that drafted Cole Stewart with the top pick in the 2000 uh, it was the number 4 overall pick in the 2013 draft. His omission from the 40-man roster illustrates something very interesting and very important as you look back on the Twins over the past 10 or 15 years. We're going to get to that in just a second. My friends at Luther Brookdale Toyota, Derek Wetmore, have 2018 Camrys and RAV4s all over the lot. It's the best and most comprehensive uh, service department And showroom area you're going to find in the Twin Cities area. My family and I have been going to the same place for over 30 years, ever since I was 16 years old to myself, uh, about exactly 16 years ago. Uh, I took my first car there, 1992 Camry. So these are people that my family trusts. These are cars that are durable. And these are uh, facilities, too, on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard that are very uh, spacious and comforting, And luxurious, so I recommend stopping in, asking for a test drive of a 2018 Camry. Find out how you can get into one for just $199 a month on a 36-month lease with a minimum down payment. And uh, tell them Phil Mackie sent you. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. Keeping the Touch 'Em All podcast microphones on on a, a regular basis here.
1: Here's what you may have missed on a recent Purple Podcast. Sealand's ability to get open just amazes me. And if you, you come to a game here live and watch it, just watch him. It's almost like he
0: is, is playing schoolyard football. He just continues to move and move and move. And the great thing is, for the most part, if the pass is thrown in his vicinity, he's going to catch it. His... Unwillingness to give up on a route or give up on a play and continually go where he needs to go to be an option is really fun to watch. And it seems like, oh yeah, duh, he gets paid lots of cash to, to do that. That should be simple. You see a lot of, a lot of guys who when the play starts to go south are like, well, I was open and now I'm not. Adam Thielen's willingness to make himself a target consistently is
1: a huge, huge thing. You can find the Purple Podcast on iTunes, Podcast One, or 1500ESPN.com's podcast page.
0: So Cole Stewart was, at one point in back to back years, one of the top 100 prospects in baseball, according to MLB.com, Baseball Prospectus. Baseball America had him before the 2014 season, number 52 in their top 100 list. The highest he ever climbed was before 2015. Baseball prospectus had him as the 28th best prospect in the game. One of the best high school pitchers in the country. He was drafted out of high school, uh, a Texas kid. And I think the fact that he's not on the 40-man roster is such a huge indictment on the last 10 to 15 years of development in the twin system. In fact, I have a list in front of me here I I think the question is, why are the Twins so bad at coming up with their own in-house pitching, top talent pitching, right, over the past 10 or 15 years? Johan Santana was about the last one. He was a Rule 5 pick. It was a great Rule 5 selection, and he winds up being one of the best pitchers in baseball. Francisco Liriano was a great gem until he blows his elbow out. That was a trade they acquired him with the San Francisco Giants, uh, or uh, I should say from the San Francisco Giants, but in general... Finding talent hasn't been the problem for the Twins. They found Johan. They found Francisco Lira. They they've been finding big time college pitchers for the last ten or twelve years, fifteen years. They've been finding the big high school pitchers, six foot three, throws in the nineties. Uh, all of the top publications touting Cole Stewart's name. I'm going to read to you, and you just react to these, okay? A list of blind resumes. And at the end of this, you tell me if it's not a developmental issue as opposed (laughs) to a talent issue. Okay. I see where you're going with this. I firmly believe the Twins' problem in developing pitching has been it's developmental, not talent. Did they just pick the wrong guys? No, I don't think that's the case.
1: This goes to something you and I were talking about before the podcast even started. It was actually in the context of the NBA, which is you can be a talented uh, professional and get to a spot where you are set up to succeed. and you have just increased your – hey, it still might not work out. You might blow out your UCL, and that might be all she wrote. But if you go – in football, if you are a quarterback drafted to the Cleveland Browns, it's over for you. over. It's over. Draft night, have your party, and get drunk because nothing else matters from that point on in your football career. Your best hope is to just kind of like be a middling backup quarterback. But if you get put into a spot where – and this is a bad example because – uh, Aaron Rodgers' backup has turned out not to be very good. But if you can go and be groomed for multiple years, learn the offense, slowly get acclimated to the NFL, and then take over when you're actually ready, totally different ball game. I think way higher odds of success. Yeah, the NBA. If you get drafted by the San Antonio Spurs, you have a much
0: better chance of at least being a competent role player, sure. if not a superstar player, sure. uh, than if you get selected by right. you know the. Charlotte or somebody, hey, whoever, you, or the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hey, you want to
1: crack the Spurs uh, rotation of like eight or nine players? Yeah. Okay, get really good at rebounding, and we'll fi- we'll find a spot for right. you. Versus going to Minnesota and be like, okay, we need 30 points a game, we need 20 boards, and you've got to be the guy. Yeah, so my
0: contention here is, before we get into the blind resume game, what happens between the ages of 18 and 24? Or if you're drafted out of college, 21 or 22 and 25. Sure. That pipeline Instructionals, minor leagues, whatever it is that that the that the, whatever it is that the system is feeding you or or depriving you of, those things matter a lot more than the the identification of talent from from a twin standpoint. So here it is: first round pick, star pitcher at Fresno State, mid nineties fastball with a great slider. So these are these are resumes the Twins selected in I believe these are all from the June draft over the past like 10 or 15 years or so. So first-round pick, star pitcher at Fresno State, star pitcher in college, mid-'90s fastball, great slider, uh, and he's the best of the bunch I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to you here. Matt Garza. All okay. right? Matt Garza. And you can draw your own conclusions to where he wound up. Sure. Uh, probably underwhelming compared to how he was touted as a 19, 20-year-old. Kind of came up pretty fast through the system. First-round talent, second-team All-ACC pitcher, Regularly faced hitters in college like Charlie Blackman, Kyle Seager, and Buster Posey struck out 13 batters per nine innings in his uh, final year in college. All ACC. Uh, And by the way, never pitched in the big leagues. (laughs) Never pitched in the big leagues. Do you want to
1: guess at these? It's up to you. I feel like that's... Look... As a guy who Get doesn't follow college baseball that closely, I feel like I'm going to embarrass myself if I try to make some of these guesses. So unless someone, like, jumps right into my sure, mind. That's fine. I'll leave it. Carlos Gutierrez. Yep, yeah, correct. Okay. correct. Right. Carlos <laughs> Gutierrez. Otherwise, I'm going to leave it alone. Yep. So, again, like, that dude, and he had
0: some elbow issues, but that dude never pitched in the major leagues. Sure. So yeah. we're not talking about... Oh, man, he flamed out. Uh, He was only a number 5 starter. Mm -hmm. First-round pick, became a number 5 starter. You wanted more. You wanted a star. Sure. Never pitched in the major leagues. Here's another one. First-round pick, named to five different All-American squads in college, was a two-time first-team All-Conference USA selection and the Conference USA Pitcher of the Year in college.
1: Conference USA.
0: This dude was one of the top college pitchers in the country never pitched in the major leagues. Went into the Twins pipeline and never pitched in the major leagues. You'd probably have to give me that one. Shooter Hunt.
1: Shooter sure. <laughs> Hunt, okay. Went out in a blaze of glory. Walked okay.
0: like 80 batters in 50 innings one year in the minors, and I was out. Wow, in. had the right. like, perfect name. Development more important than finding talent among the Twins' problems
1: the last 10 years. Can I interject here before you give me another blind resume, which is that like I wonder, is its it is – it, um, is there something sort of preordained about whether a a prospect is going to work out or like would shooter hunt have gone into the Cardinals organization and become like a mid rotation starter? The
0: way I love the the way you put it, you put percentages on lottery tickets and I would frame it this way and I'm making these numbers up. None of these guys went in with an 80% lottery ticket, even the first round talented guys and shooter hunt had a lot of control issues to iron out. So, you know, his ceiling was super high but the floor was really low. There was just a wide range yeah, of outcomes apparently. there, so maybe Shooter Hunt came in with a yeah. uh, a thirty percent chance to be a star pitcher in the major leagues, because of the Twins' development pipeline. And maybe that number is twenty percent with the Twins and forty percent with the Cardinals. Sure, or something, that's right? my question. Like, I think that's a that's a fair
1: assumption. Okay, and and, if, and the Giants have pumped out pitchers for years. Yeah. So and so I guess then inherent in this conversation, if we both agree on that, is like possible the Twins have gotten really unlucky.
0: Sure, of course. But, when but you it start... is, it's not all luck yes. if, they, if, they're, when you if start... you're never
1: pumping out top pictures, Right. When you start throwing example after example after blind resume into the garbage can, it starts to paint this picture that mm-hmm. says, like, Ooh, yeah, this is getting
0: a little ugly. Here's another one. First-round pick, named to the All-Big 12 first team in Big college, 12. Okay, was a Louisville Slugger preseason All-American going into his senior year of high school. So... So one of the best high school pitchers in the country was one of the best Big 12 pitchers in college. It was a first-round talent. And he did pitch in the major leagues. In fact, is still in the major leagues. But has never really risen... This is my in fact, guy. he's a borderline starting pitcher in the major leagues. This
1: is my guy, isn't it? Are we talking about Kyle Gibson? Yes. All right. So <laughs> so at least he's
0: in the major leagues. But again, we're talking one of the best right. pitchers in high school. Right. One of the top pitchers in one of the top conferences in college. And he's 30 years old, yeah. and
1: you don't know if he's a starter? I remember, too, um, fo- having followed this um, at the time, being like really interested in prospect publications and stuff like that. I was trying to win my fantasy baseball league. I'm going to be honest. That's why I was paying really close attention to this stuff and the thought was i always laugh in the nfl how they're like oh 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 that was a top 15 pick and he fell he he slid to the third round it's like no if no team picked him in the first two and a half rounds he's a third round pick tj clemmings he he's supposed to be a second rounder he fell to the fourth round wow the vikings are so lucky to have gotten a fourth round pick well okay because he got hurt same thing that was the dialogue around kyle gibson i believe it was like he had uh, some sort of injury a yeah, thing in yeah. college that it was like oh there's top 10 potential pick and he slid well but he has know. sometimes he has you the, seek your level he has the size he yeah. has the velocity really, he looks like a pitcher he
0: has i mean you, yeah you watch him and you think oh man like that's a that's a stud right
1: there it's, and it's just yeah five era after five era yeah so there's a lot to unpack here. Maybe we save this for another episode, but um, I'm higher on Kyle Gibson than I think a lot of people are, and I'll say that I fully disclose my bias of like talking to him and hearing his thought process evolve over the years and looking at him, how he's just like – you would just build a picture to look like that, sort of slender – you know he's got this long arm. That's he can why come Brock Osweiler you. still
0: starts in the NFL. I mean, honest to God, like sure. he looks like a starting quarterback sure. in
1: the NFL. And then at last spring training, I can't remember if it's this year or last year, but the Mizzou baseball team flies down to Fort Myers, and they're there. They must have been there for some kind of tournament or something. But of course, Kyle Gibson, proud Tiger, is throwing a bullpen with all these guys on the current baseball team, then looking over the overhang, watching him in the bullpen. At Hammond Stadium and watching him just do his work. This is sort of boring stuff. I mean, like he's throwing a preseason bullpen session with Jason Castro to, so he can get to learn his two seamer, whatever, get his 30 pitches in and build up some arm strength. But like you watch that, you just, you just watch him throw that bullpen and you're like, oh, he can spot his fastball and he's got a nice little run on that two seamer. And boy, not every breaking ball is good, but when he throws the good one, he's got, He's got three pitches there that you feel good about going into battle with, and he's six foot whatever I don't know what he is; he looks like he's six foot five when you' stand in the extreme four, yeah, and like he just looks like he's a pitcher so so I'm saying two things: one is that I think Kyle Gibson is going to be a legitimate mid rotation starter in two thousand and eighteen, which is I think the most optimistic projection that anybody's putting on him. I'm probably driving the Kyle Gibson bandwagon, and secondly, I know that a good deal of that is probably. Unfounded bias sure. Because I think he just looks like a pitcher And to
0: bring it back full circle <laughs> I'm saying I think his problem to this point In his in his life as a pitcher Isn't talent I think it's development I think it's approach I don't think he knows who he is as a pitcher always Maybe at the second sure. half of this year No, that's fair Let me give you two more here, okay? Right. Is it a development issue for the Twins' lack of pitching The last 10 or 15 years? Or is it a talent issue? And I think unequivocally it's a development issue Here's another blind resume Second-round pick, second-team all-SEC in college, posted a 2.64 earned run average as a reliever in the SEC with 10 strikeouts per nine. So the best conference in college baseball, and he was second-team all-SEC in a second-round pick, never pitched in the majors for the Twins, and I don't think he's ever pitched in the majors period. But Um, most of his minor league career was with the Twins. You're probably going to
1: have to give me that one.
0: Billy Bullock. Billy Bullock. Okay, he was. I believe they traded Billy Bullock to the to the Braves for Scott Diamond in yeah, the Rule 5 swap. swap. nailed it. Yeah, and then he was out a couple years later out of out of professional baseball. All right. Okay. So and then here's one more, and I could keep doing this, but <laughs> no, could, just one more. It
1: just becomes a very long road
0: at some point, and eventually yep. you have to say stop. First round pick, back to back Big Ten Pitcher of the Year, and a two time first team All American. Has had had a cup of coffee in the major leagues, and he's old enough. Including
1: last year, he was he pitched for the Twins last year. Alex Wimmers, yeah, because I covered him at Ohio State, and that uh, that to me illustrates the example better than any of the ones we just talked about. That you can be good, you can be good at the highest level that you're possible. You know, the highest level you can play is D one college baseball uh, as a as a college senior or junior in a lot of cases, and then go on and try to cut your teeth in the minor leagues, and then from there, who knows? But it's not just, like, who knows, not that you're saying this. Like Cross it's random. your fingers, it's yeah. random.
0: I just gave you, and it's a small sample size, I know, and it's I, I just gave you six different blind resumes of first-round picks, one second-round pick, and a bunch of college and high school accolades. All SEC, back-to-back Big Ten Pitcher of the Year. All-American, yeah. Uh, you know, Louisville Slugger preseason, high school All-American. I gave you some stacked resumes there. Mm-hmm. Out of that collection of six, two of them pitched several years in the major leagues, and none of them would be considered ever at any point in their career a top-of-the-rotation starter. Sure. Right. Maybe like Matt Garza for a couple years with the Rays was a playoff-caliber rotation guy, but a guy that you'd be for sure putting behind David Price sure. or Scott Kazmir or sure. whoever else was in the rotation. Right. So... So I you know c- could you point to that and say well sometimes it's just not your decade when it comes to luck and development pitchers I would say if you're going to if you're going to scout and identify that kind of talent and have almost none of it pay off for you in the major leagues in a big way or even at all as even pitching in the major leagues right that's a pipeline and development problem hmm. that's a that's a that is a grassroots it's 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 every level of the minor leagues. It's your overall system when it comes to pitching and philosophy, and it's part of the reason why people should be excited about Thad Levine and Derek Falvey because yeah. those guys have had a lot of success overseeing pitching
1: staffs and organizational
0: pitching philosophies with the Rangers and the
1: Indians. 100%. That's where I was going to go with this, that we're casting a, like a dark rain cloud over this whole thing. Correct. Well, the, yeah. should have mentioned that maybe at the beginning. but yeah. <laughs> The bright sunshine at the end is that you have to hope – if you're a fan of the Twins, that Derek Falvey's actually exceptionally talented at this, and that it's not random that Corey Kluber gets traded from the Padres to the Indians and becomes Klubot, like this dominant Cy Young winning pitcher. After, yeah, like, talented resume, but let's be honest, how many fans at the time that Corey Kluber was traded thought, oh, man, the Indians just got a steal there? Like, I mean casual fans. How many people were like, oh, that minor league pitcher, he's going to be a stud someday? a lot someday. of people in the Indians organization that are like, oh, you know, <laughs> sure, this guy? sure, <laughs> sure. Well, I guess, you know, you could go down that for – there's a whole – Bunch of trades that turn out to look awesome after the fact. That I think the same thing that we were just talking about. That I think, yeah, you trade uh you trade Casey Blake for Carlos Santana. And like on the surface, if you're paying pretty close attention, that looks like kind of a bad trade for the Dodgers. They give up a good prospect for like a rent player. But like, eh, I don't know. Maybe there's like a sixty percent chance he's a good starter, and uh, and a five and percent chance he never contributes anything. And like a twenty five percent chance, he becomes a star player, kind of a thing. That's you're still throwing darts at a dartboard. But that's my question here, and that's the optimistic view of this thing: is that like maybe Derek Falvey can come in and he takes Kyle Gibson from like a borderline major leaguer to a mid rotation starter, and he takes uh, uh, Trevor Hildenberger from a guy who can get outs in double A to a guy who could be a closer candidate, and maybe he can take Irvin Santana from a guy who should be crashing late career in his mid-30s and turn him into a front-of-the-rotation starter. Right. These are all, like, it's it's pure speculation, and we're basing it off of one year and then um, validation by association with the Indians. But if you're trying to look for sort of a, a rainbow in this dark rain cloud, it's that the Twins may now employ a guy who's really good at this and can make more than the addition of just one pitcher, yeah. potentially make the whole, the lot of pitchers in your organization that much better. And
0: in general, if if I'm drafting the two-time Big Ten Pitcher of the Year and uh, and an All-American across the country, sure. and if I'm drafting the best pitcher in the recent history of Conference USA or any number of these resumes, All-ACC, right? I want... At least a cup of coffee in the major league. Sure, leagues. sure. What I want I want you to be my number
1: four starter for a couple of years. What's the, at the very least? What do you think the hit rate on that is? <laughs> like, if you let's just say you're all conference of a major conference, whatever, you're the you're the Friday night starter for a good college baseball team. What do you think the hit rate on those guys in the big leagues is? Like to get to the big leagues to, like to get to to get there, it has to be pretty high. To to at least have
0: pitched in the major leagues, let's say for a for a full season. Okay. I'd have to think it's pretty high. Friday if you're a Friday night, night starter, stud and a first Arizona or second State round talent. Or. Now, there's probably some Friday night studs in big conferences that throw 88, but they're crafty and they can get college hitters out, but they're not drafted until the 12th round because that stuff doesn't play in the big leagues. Sure. But if you're a Friday night stud and you're deemed from pick. a scouting standpoint yeah. to have you know, enough to be a first or second round pick and yeah. not just be one team reaching for you, but a bunch of teams would have drafted you in the first or second round, you should pitch in the major leagues. Yeah, that's probably I get that baseball's hard. I'm not saying you always have to be a star because baseball's hard, but, you
1: know, for God's sakes, give me 20 starts. Sure. Or, well, <laughs> I was going to say maybe two out of 10 of you give me Or be starts. an eighth inning guy or sure. something, right? yeah. I don't know. Uh, let's save the free agent hitters for another day. Okay. I've got a column coming out. Well, it'll probably be out by the time then we release the next podcast, but... Uh, some hitters that would intrigue me if I was the Twins. I know, I know, I know the conversation is all about pitching, and it should be. We've talked about the pitching. We've talked about Alex Cobb. We've talked about Lance Lynn. We've talked about you Darvish. We've talked about Shohei Otani. I know that it has to start with pitching. Hell, we talked about Wade Davis two months ago. But if you're the Twins and you're ignoring your offense or you're ignoring your defense, I don't think you're doing your full job. And I've got four or five hitters that are somewhat interesting to me if i'm the twins uh that column will be on 1500 espn.com and i guess we can talk about it on another podcast
0: and uh, happy thanksgiving to everybody and let's hope for the hot stove season to ramp up here for let's our go boys. minnesota twins and for everybody call of duty modern warfare is here and so is mountain dew roger that now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can wait what rewards? A do Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me.
1: Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. That
0: Soldier, the... get a hold of yourself. Uh, oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. Residence 17 Plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.